0: Hands off parenting. It's just hands off parenting. Put that down, don't
1: touch that, stop it. Okay. All right, we are rolling. Hi, I'm Abby and welcome to Hands Off Parents. Who's with me today? Not Stephanie. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yeah. I have Mr. Dennis Draper with me. It's so nice to have you back.
0: Thank you for having me back. I was sort of upset that I wasn't the official second time, first time, second time person. Yeah. I heard that on one of your last podcasts, and I was like, wait a minute. I want to be the repeat person.
1: I want you to be the repeat.
0: We have all summer. Well, I really want to be the official like stand-in host.
1: Yes, that's what I wanted for you.
0: Well, I think that's what's going to have to happen. Okay. Uh, We'll have to. Negotiate pay later. Oh, uh, (laughs) yes. Yeah. (laughs) I paid you in water, I think. It's really good water. So, (laughs) works for me.
1: (laughs) You know, I was thinking about, um, I think the last time you were on was right before Harvey, right?
0: It was right before and Harvey. And we were yeah. like, it
1: might rain. Just kidding. <laughs> Hopefully they don't cancel the downtown yeah. theater thing.
0: Oh, and they can't. And I was saying, yeah, I'd like to take a break. Well, I got yeah. to take a huge break.
1: Yeah, yeah. And th- that theater was a mess. And
0: It's my second time to go through the renovation of that theater. That's crazy. I won't do it a third time. No. So. If,
1: if it happens a third time. Shut somebody it down. else, yeah, yeah. Shut well.
0: It's somebody saying that no theater is needed in that corner <laughs> of downtown. <laughs> yeah, whoever that's. Who that. Exactly. Well, good.
1: How have you been?
0: Um, it has been a very trying time since then, actually. Ah. Um, probably what I would consider the most trying time of my life. Wow, really? Is, it really has. It's been really probably what I would consider the most difficult time I have had as an adult. And it all sort of involves me being a parent, so I that's one of the reasons why I um, reached out to you, and I was like, oh, "Okay, we could do a follow up."
1: <laughs> yeah, so let's remind some people um, if they hadn't heard that episode because sure. it was almost a year ago now. Yeah. Um, you uh, have a son.
0: Yes, Blue. So basically, yes, I have a son named Blue that I um, got custody of four years ago, basically. Mm-hmm. Blue is a cousin that I did not know existed, who was in foster care since the age of eight. And I, uh, when he was 15, he was looking for a new home. Mm -hmm. And so I welcomed him into my home and gained custody. And so he has been with me those four years.
1: And did you, was he officially adopted?
0: No, we actually did not uh, get to the official adoption process at this point. I mean, he's 18 at the moment, so it doesn't really matter. Right. But uh, he was, you know, he called me dad from the day he moved into my home. Um, and I think he was looking for a parent figure. And, you know, I've been just desperate to be a parent yeah. since I was in my 30s. Um, so it was, I was very hopeful. I thought it would be a very wonderful experience. We both sort of needed, you know, each other. Yeah, and yeah. Um, was not aware of what I was really getting into. mm mm-hmm. And um, he came to me with a lot of issues. Obviously, he'd been in foster care since he was approximately eight. He had gone; he had been taken from his mother when he was five.
1: And you, but he, his mother is still around. His if I mother right?
0: is; uh, she is in Texas. I believe she's probably in the Dallas area. Okay. Uh, they have communicated via social media and talked on the phone, but she has not made an effort to be a part of his life. Okay. Now, he has other siblings, and she has... Uh, two of the other siblings, she has been a part of their life. Hmm. And she's visited with them and made efforts, but with him, she's not really gone any distance. Now, I understand a little bit more now than I did. When you foster someone... I, I said this when we talked last. Yeah. When you foster somebody that is... Not your family. You go through a lot of prep work. You mm-hmm. have to take classes to become a foster parent. But when they're your family member, you basically... I got two meetings with CPS before they dropped him off at my house. And because I was not adopting him mm-hmm. I and just fostering him, I had no access to medical records.
1: Okay. I remember you saying this. Yeah. So you get this kid who basically has had a history yes. of of mental issues, and you have no... And I have no clue about nobody it. Nobody said, like, by the way.
0: No, no. And it wasn't until I was given full custody by the court mm-hmm. that I received a, a book that was, you know, as thrown together as you can imagine but mm-hmm. it told all sorts of interesting behavioral issue stories right. uh, you know a lot of problems in school a couple of his past foster families had written very long letters describing things I find out much later that he there was a point where he was going to be adopted by another family but when he threatened the life of the Hi. family yeah uh, they backed out of the adoption.
1: Do you think that they kept this information from you in the hopes that you would foster him? And then it was like, and by the way, let's... I mean, that seems really malicious. I don't know if that's... Well,
0: I I just think that it's actually the broken system. Okay. Like, I don't think that they were thinking that way. I think they were... The the thing about it is, is that when you spend time with this kid, you see this sweet, wonderful kid, right? Um who has learned to use words as a tool. So I think that part of the problem is that he's maybe not as violent as his words make him sound like he is. Okay. But when you hear things like that enough, you have to take them seriously. Yeah. Yeah, of course. And I've explained this to him. I tried to explain it to him, um, on many occasions because at this point, um, the phrase i will slit your throat in the middle of the night uh, has been said yeah. to me more times than i would have ever imagined yeah. and after the first couple of times uh i told him i was taking it seriously and then we've dealt with it in therapy and uh, you know i'll tell you how it ended you know recently but yeah. um it's you know it's one of those things that the mental illness that he the min- many probably illnesses that he has, Uh Uh, some that haven't been diagnosed, you know, it's hard, I don't know anything about them, so it was, it's hard to, to know what to take seriously and what not to.
1: And do you think, so my guest last week and I had a long conversation about nature over nurture, and obviously Mm -hmm. Blue had little to know nurture in his probably formative years. Yes. How much of that do you think contributed, or...
0: It it's hard for me to say because yeah. you know uh, my experience now is just four years in, yeah. Um, and before that, I you know I, I'm very lucky. I've the the um, drug abuse issues in my family and things like that have been at a distance. I haven't experienced them one on one. So I know that he went through detox when he was born. Mm-hmm. So what part of that messed his brains up? Yeah, you know, yeah. What part of that is a cause here? Um, I know for a fact, I mean, the kid went through 27 placement homes from the age of eight until I got him when he was 15. So if you think about the way he was bounced around in the system, um, his younger brother was adopted while he was with him in foster care. So he watches his younger brother get adopted. Yeah. He spends a lot of time with that family. And that family is a very religious family. Okay. And uh, he not only obviously was an effeminate child, which they were very aware of Mm -hmm. and very opposed to, but, uh, you know, anytime he would act up, they would lay hands and do some prayers. And so, I mean, you know, uh, this kid has a lot of stuff coming in. Yeah, yeah. He claims that they um, tried to perform an exorcism on him and his demons, which, you know, I, I mean, that's got to be traumatic anyway, but um, on a kid that's already got issues.
1: Yeah, yeah. So he's been through a lot, So he's been right? through a lot. So, so what you, is nurture? Yeah, right, you know? what is that <laughs> At this even point
0: Because
1: you take him on, and I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm having these conversations with you for a couple of years now. Like, yeah. you tried so hard.
0: I'm just learning a lot right now. And I, I'll tell you, it's, it's good that we're having this conversation yeah. now. Uh, probably three weeks ago, I, you know... I hit an all-time low, so I don't know that I could have really talked as much as I can about it now, but I've learned a lot. I've talked to a lot of people. I've unfortunately gotten a lot of advice, sometimes good and sometimes, right. you know, it's like, please, if one more t- person tells me to watch an episode of Dr. Phil, I might blow up. Oh,
1: my gosh. Like, I, you
0: know, I'm certainly <laughs> not going to get... People
1: are like, go watch Dr. Phil. Oh, you
0: have no idea. the what? people. I, I've had a coworker take me to lunch the other day, and I thought they were just being friendly when they basically said, well, you know, from my experience of what I've seen on television stuff, you just need to cut this kid loose. Oh. He's not family. And I thought... What are you, what are you saying? Yeah. But no, so I'm getting advice from a lot of people, right. and I, you know, luckily I know what to take and whatnot. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, but it has been hard. Uh,
1: you know. So w- tell us what, so what's happened? What's your latest? Because so, when we left you a y- almost a year ago, you were like, it's been really, really, really rough. Yeah. But I'm doing, I'm going forward and doing the best I can do.
0: I was very hopeful back then. Yeah. Um, and there have been some violent moments with him where he will go from being a a calm teenager. And sometimes I, you know, actually just thought it was teenager behavior. Because that's right? a
1: part of it, right? The hormones what, and all well, that. Well, exactly. Yeah. And they
0: tell you, and it's hard to see the difference between just a moody teenager and somebody with mental illness. But you, a lot of the things I've read also say that a lot of the issues developed during this time okay. and in their early adult life, right? So um, back before Thanksgiving, we um, discovered that he had been lying about his online school. He hadn't done any of his online work, okay. um, which I had paid for, because of his social anxiety. Uh, it was hard to get him at back at school. Okay. He'd been bullied. So we were on doing things online. So he wasn't doing that. I then discovered he was not taking the medication that his psychiatrist had prescribed him for not only his anxiety, but his depression. Okay. So when we had this conversation, you know, I had already was trying to be as calm as possible because he, you know, it's, certain things set him off. Mm-hmm. We were driving down 610, and he blew up at me in the car. He threw his drink at me while I was driving, and then it just went downhill from there. Okay. So I basically... Got him out of the car and told him that I, you know, it, the violence is not acceptable and that he would need to find a place to stay. And um, luckily my sister lives near and she came and helped him move stuff out of my house okay. into a friend's house.
1: So you were like, not just temporary, I just need a break from you for maybe an extended period of well, time. Well, I
0: told him that, you know, we would need to separate, that I didn't need, you know, I look, I'm, I've never been in a violent situation in my life, you know? I mean, growing up, I, you know, I mean, I'm from Texas. I shot a gun once. I hit a bird. I cried for three hours, (laughs) you know? I, The only fight I've ever gotten into with my sister when I was little and hurt her, I cried because I hurt her.
1: Right, right. You know?
0: And so it's really sort of an unusual thing for me. Yeah.
1: No, I've never been around Yeah,
0: exactly, right? Yeah. You know? And so, it freaks me out completely, and it worried me with him, and so I um, had to separate us, which was, you know, a necessity. He went to a friend's house. Um, things got better over the next few weeks, and we had pre-planned a trip to Disney World. Okay. And I, it was between his birthday and mine, so I uh, was filling things out, and our first time to actually see each other was going to be on a Friday night for his birthday. Okay. He canceled those plans. We were leaving for Florida on Monday. Okay. That was a Friday, birthday, Monday, leaving. Um, We didn't speak to each other over the weekend, but we had texted back and forth and made plans for me to pick him up Monday. When I picked him up Monday, his mood was different than I'd ever noticed. Okay. This turned out to be the worst trip of my life. He was moody. He didn't want to ride a ride. He didn't want to see a show. He picked fights with me. Yeah. He wanted to sleep really late each day. By Thursday, we were coming home Friday. Um, I sent him home back to the hotel on an Uber and spent the rest of the day at the park by myself. I get back to town, and he calls me Friday night and apologizes for his behavior, but he's also acting very weird. Okay. So I don't know what's going on. Yeah. I then discover the following week, which was Thanksgiving week. Uh, he, you know, we had a lot of problems that week with communication. He didn't show up when he was supposed to. By Friday, I, or a Saturday of Thanksgiving weekend, I get a call from the police department saying that they had picked him up at a Wendy's. I go to Ben Taub, where they've taken him. After many hours, I'm talking to a doctor who lets me know that he's coming down off of meth. <sighs> so I discover that over his birthday weekend, he... Um, Meets a couple mm-hmm. you know he, blue is gay, he just discovered grinder, he meets a couple he, they introduced him to meth, and so he'd been doing it nonstop and was coming down while we were in Florida, and so. back on it the moment we got off the plane, right apparently, right so we got him clean. we took him to um, the only thing I knew to do was to take him to Harris County. Um, mental hospital.
1: Was it an outpatient or it an in- was
0: an inpatient? Okay. The problem is, is now he's seventeen, right? So that after seventy-two hours, you can he and he knows this system, the mental system, very well. He checked himself out
1: at seventeen. You can check yourself. No, he's eighteen. Oh, he's he turned right, eighteen on his right, birthday, right? Right, right, right. right. So he, just he checked himself out. Okay.
0: So I'm hopeful, and once again, not aware of the the system yeah and he claims he only smoked meth a few times and i believed him yeah and i bring him home he then disappears after two days and is i find out he's in galveston with another friend because he quote unquote needed a break and then he pops back up in town the following weekend in what was one of the most horrific days of my life. This kid had not, I guess, slept for a week. I, I found out later this is what happens when you're on meth. You you, you Just, smoke uh, it so much you end up staying awake for multiple days, and uh, then it ends up in a paranoid, crazy uh, uh, episode. So okay. from early in the morning, we, we went back to the hospital because, once again, I don't know what to do, so yeah. I go back to Harris County. We sat in that lobby for six hours waiting to get him admitted. By the time we get to the end of that day, he has determined that he doesn't want help from there. He knows what help he needs. He doesn't want to stay there. Right.
1: So he, but, so he willingly went with you, sat for six hours, and then was like, never mind, I don't want to do this.
0: He willingly went with me. He was crying, but he was nonstop. It was like listening to somebody on fast forward for six hours. Right, right. With no break in breath. Okay. It was the scariest thing I've ever witnessed. He he cried. uh, He begged me. He, you know, he's he told me that he had been smoking more than I had realized, nonstop. It was just
1: that's shocking. It was shocking and overwhelming and and crazy. Were you by yourself?
0: I was by myself. And at the end of the day, I left him there. Because he was not going to stay, and I didn't know what to do. Yeah. Three hours later, he calls me, asking me to please come get him. And he sounded like maybe, I thought, well, maybe he's come down. Yeah. Once again, not realizing that it it takes about three months to completely come down on sometimes. Right. right? According to what I've read now. I bring him home. Um, I think we're going to be okay because we have a doctor's appointment the next afternoon. He, um, I go to bed. I thought he was going to bed. About an hour later, he knocks on my bedroom door. He's standing at my bedroom door with a knife in one hand, a bag of trash in the other. He has taken every photograph off of my wall and taken the backs off of them. Every remote has the cover off and the batteries out. And he lets me know that we are being watched and people have placed surveillance throughout our house. And that he has discovered that I'm committing internet fraud, and that he discovered that I had taped receipts under the sofa, and that's what were in the bag, and he was going to help me hide all this stuff. So he's just paranoid delusion. Like, to an extent, I've, yeah. you know, I, I just would never even have imagined yeah. in a movie, right? So I, I, I freak out to the point where I have to call 911, and he has to leave. yeah. So, of course, I don't sleep. At 6 a.m. in the morning, he calls me and begs me to take him back to the hospital at that point. So I find him in a neighborhood about three miles away. I don't know how he wasn't arrested, but yeah. I you know, I take him back to the hospital. When we get there, he refuses to check himself in, but I just leave him. Then somehow, he makes him his way from about 5 a.m. in the morning from that side of town all the way back to Bel Air. Hey that morning. So I pick him up again, like an idiot, because we have the doctors, we have a therapy appointment that afternoon. And I thought, in my mind, I'm just like, let's get to the therapy. If we can just get there, that's going to do it. Well, that's when he gets in the car to go to therapy. He passes out. I can't even get him out of the car to therapy. The doctor says, well, there's nothing we can do. I take him back home thinking that maybe you know, he'll just up. crash. Yeah. He slept until 9 a.m. the next morning. He got up. He went nuts. He broke out my kitchen uh, glass screen door. It just, I had to call the 911 again. Wow. So I got him out of the house. Um, he then voluntarily went back to the hospital and after 72 hours again, he which mind you, I've paying for each of these visits,
1: no. by the way. Oh, That was my, ne- I hate asking that question, no, like, who's but, paying for all this? Well, that's this? just
0: it. He's on my insurance, yes. and, you know, insurance covered some of it, but it was a $1,400, 72-hour visit each time, and, you know, i you know, I certainly don't have that kind of money, <laughs> so that's already, you know, yeah. almost $3,000. Yeah,
1: that's a lot of money.
0: <laughs> so, he comes out, though, and it's right before Christmas, and he seems to be okay again, we make it home for christmas he's wonderful okay we make it back he's wonderful it you know we're back in the apartment this is right after christmas we make it to april okay and he
1: stayed pretty good he
0: stayed okay but there's a lot of things that are happening at this time i i feel like our therapist is not acknowledging other mental things okay he refuses to see his Psychiatrist. He refuses to be on the medication that she wants to put him on. Mm-hmm. And mind you, we go, and he's on 20 milligrams of Prozac, and then he says, well, I just don't know that it's working. So she just keeps upping the dosage. By the time we get to the end, he's on 60 milligrams a day of Prozac and walking around high as a kite all day.
1: Right. And it's like if it didn't, it's, maybe that's not what it was working. Maybe well, it...
0: exactly. But at this point now, he's 18. I don't even get to go into the you know, sessions and talk to the doctor. She yeah. doesn't even have a conversation. With me anymore. Yeah. So the world is changing at this point for me because of the fact that he's 18. He can do whatever he wants. And he can do whatever he wants. So then, you know, by the time we get to April, things get really bad at the apartment. He's uh, apparently, every time I go to bed, he's basically inviting people over. I have all these little moments that have happened. You know, I had things missing from the apartment, things stolen. I don't know if it's him. I end up having to get a lock for my bedroom door with a key. I put uh, cameras in the rest of the apartment, which he unplugs almost daily. Uh, And then one day we had a friend of his show up after I go to work who was coming down off of meth. And Blue had to call 911 for this friend. And the apartment manager came with the police. And she claims the kid was in our apartment, which Blue claims he wasn't. Mm -hmm. But according to her, we broke our lease about... No illegal drugs in the apartment. So she basically, at that point, had given us 24 hours to evacuate. <laughs> and then I convinced hours, them to let yeah. us have until the end of April, which is when our lease was supposed to be up. Okay.
1: But still, you it was like, go find a new place, oh, basically. Oh,
0: and you know, at this whole time, I'm having a, a mental, physical breakdown. How could you not? Regardless. So, and you know, I've got friends that stepped up and, you know, we I ended up finding an apartment fairly quickly. Okay. The rule was when we moved into the apartment, nobody was to come over. We had no guests. And that he had all these other rules. He had to finish school. He had, he had six months to, you know, finish school. He had to find a job, you know. So I set up as much of a structured situation that I could. So we move in on a Friday. By Wednesday, I come home, and one of his friends is in my living room. We have that moment. I said, this is not, I like this guy, but this is not acceptable. Mm-hmm. By Friday night, I come home after seeing a show and another stranger's at my house. That blew up to pretty bad on Saturday. Yeah. and we Because not only was he at the house, but I said, he needs to leave soon. And I, you know, very angrily go to bed, of course, shut my door and go to sleep, only to discover the kid didn't leave at all. He right. was still there the next day. So we had a very tense conversation. I felt like he got it. Mm-hmm. Until Saturday morning... When I woke up and walked into my bathroom and some guy was literally standing there having just showered in my shower <sighs> and then come to find out that this guy is on probation. I don't know where this guy came from. Oh I don't know who gosh. this guy is. This
1: is like a nightmare.
0: So that's when things got really bad. Yeah, I uh, sent him a text saying, you and your friend need to leave within the next five minutes or I'm going to cause a scene and call the police. And then... Um, I didn't see him again at all. That was Sunday night. I didn't see him again until um he came home according to my cameras at two AM on Wednesday morning. Okay. He missed a doctor's appointment, very important one. We had a therapy appointment on Thursday. He slept until that moment. He didn't go to the bathroom. So I, you know, automatically knew he's coming down off sure, the drugs again. Sure. Which is the ultimate no no. Yeah. Right. That was that was it. Yeah. After a while, the, the rule was, if you threaten my life or threaten anybody physically, if you do drugs or if you break these rules, we're done. So I make it to Thursday. I come pick him up for his doctor's appointment. He's, I knock on his door. He doesn't answer. I get scared because yeah, I haven't seen him since early. I try to get in the door when then he cusses at me and lets me know that if I don't back away from the door, he'll stab me. I leave the house. He then called, you know, I I told him through the door that we would discuss later when he needed to be out of the house. Okay. I just needed to get away. Yeah. I tried to stay calm. Yeah. He then called and said he was willing to go to the doctor. I had not actually gotten past the car. So we drove to the doctor, very tense drive. We get there. The doctor spends 45 minutes with him. He comes out and proceeds to go crazy on me in the car on the way home to the point where I felt unsafe and very nervous for right. my safety and his. He, he threatened me again. He informed me he was going back to live with me and that I was not going to be kicking him out, ever. I mean, so I was driving to the police station in Bel Air.
1: And you can't even go to the doctor or call the no. doctor and say, like, what is...
0: I can't the, ask questions anymore.
1: Because, so when my mom was really sick we had multiple conversations with the doctor. And I don't know if that was a different type of relationship well,
0: because... It's also a matter of permission. If okay. your mother gives your physici- her physician permission to talk to you about mm-hmm. her illness, um, then it's okay. Okay. You know, uh, you'll find times, like right now, uh, my new... D- I'm seeing a new therapist. <laughs> and you fill out forms, and I have to give him names of people that... I am allowing to give information to if he needs to call somebody. Right, right, right. But you have, those names have to be on a piece of paper.
1: And Blue would not, you would...
0: Oh, there's no way. Right. There's no way. Uh, you know, and to this day, he's still experiencing this paranoia, whether it, and it's, you know, he's he's a hypochondriac anyway, but... The methods exemplified this to this, it, like I mean it's just and the and the paranoia is insane, yeah, he has destroyed two new iPhones until I realized that he was doing it on purpose, and he'll never get another iPhone um, or phone, and then he destroyed the last sort of inexpensive phone i got uh, got him because. People are hacking it, according to him. So he is just yeah. He's, he's sort of, Like things are.
1: And it weird. sounds. I mean, I'm now. I'm. Not, I don't want to be like an yeah. armchair doctor or whatever. But, um, I have a cousin who has bipolar disorder. Yes. And when he is on his medicine regularly, he becomes a pretty normal person. Mm-hmm. But something in him, and this has happened over and over and over again, his brain says you don't need this medicine, yeah. and he stops taking it, and they'll find him you know, like in another state. Yes. And I, that wa- happens
0: with a lot of people. Actually. Yeah. More I've discovered. Yeah. And that's very much blue blue. Uh, doesn't want to take the pills because he feels like they make him, uh, they make him feel different. They right. make him feel unusual as opposed to make me feel better. So, right. I mean, I also don't know. I mean, we've only been treating him for depression. Yeah. And anxiety, yeah. which I feel like there's other things going on. But I also have discovered that the drugs are probably a lot. Oh, there's sh- a lot more going on than I know. Yeah, uh, I knew that he had been experimenting with his friends with acid and, and ecstasy, like, you know, uh, kids are, you know, doing it. I mean, you know, I experimented when I was in college. Yes. But these things respond differently to different minds as well and his mind cannot even take i can tell you when he's on when he smokes pot because he's a very different kid yeah yeah um he doesn't get that i can see this clearly and he's always denying it and then you know we're discovering so you know so things got so bad in the car that day we i was trying to get to a police station so that if things blew up there would be help for us yeah Well, not realizing that the one station I was aware of in my neighborhood still hasn't opened since Harvey. Ugh. So that's when things got very blew up and he attacked me in the car. Because he
1: knew. he Because he knew what I was
0: doing. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, he physically attacked me. It got really bad. And I got him out of the car and I called the police and I finally got home. And um, I don't know. The officer kept trying to get me to press charges. Right. And, I mean, you know, maybe I should have. There's a lot of people that say maybe he would be safer in jail. And then I just keep thinking of this 18-year-old kid in Harris County, you know, and I, I just could not do it. Yeah, You know, I here understand. I am with scratches and bruises. Oh, my gosh. And, you know, I'm worried about him, but I don't know what to do. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, and it you know, doesn't sound
1: like anybody has been particularly helpful.
0: No, nobody is helpful. I'm either getting, I'm, I'm getting a lot of, well, you should just cut this off and walk away. Right, right. And you know, a lot of friends, close friends, yeah. I have only seen or talked to about the bad times. Right, right. So in their mind, I'm dealing with a Lifetime movie where this kid is going to kill me in my sleep. And I get that—that's the fear I've put in these yeah, people, yeah. and so in their mind, the best thing is just just to walk away.
1: And I understand. I mean, th- sitting here being your friend, thinking about this, and sure. like Thank God you're okay. I mean, you never, yeah. especially somebody's on drugs, right? And somebody's—I exactly. mean, you—it's not even like Blue, you're a bad person. It's like you no. are—you have put yourself in a really bad situation where you don't know how to handle your own feelings.
0: You know, and you've got a kid here who's been through hell himself, yeah. who has obvious mental issues yeah. that probably are undiagnosed, most of them, who also is now in a situation where he's, you know, added drugs, who doesn't have the resources. He's not, he hasn't graduated high school. He's only had a job briefly. Mm-hmm. He um, has no resources. Yeah. Nobody else to call.
1: No, you're it.
0: I have. He's. You know, my immediate family is scared of him, so it's not like he's going to call and go stay with my mom or my sister. They wouldn't let that happen. I wouldn't let that happen. Uh, So he has no options other than to go to Covenant House.
1: Right. Right.
0: Or, you know, I. I, You know, it, it was just really. It's been really difficult. He finally a few weeks ago told me that he would be willing to go to rehab. Okay. Which I felt extremely relieved about yeah I called around and found a place that has a detox center in the heights and that also has housing both here and in Austin and other places it's about a $50,000 program (gasps) she was willing to work with me on my insurance and take whatever I could possibly pay okay pardon me I um I did about $850 down I got him in on a Saturday. He spent 72 hours in detox. And then on Tuesday, he was, they were going to try to get him to the first bed available, which was going to be in Austin. He checked himself out because he didn't want to go to Austin. Yeah. I called and convinced him to try it. They spent time, energy, and money to get him to Austin. Yeah. He made it to Thursday. And then checked himself out so i I disconnected his phone at that point and told him that if he didn't stay for the ninety days i there's nothing I could do for him, yeah, um he made his way back to Houston that night somehow with no money from and no austin? phone from austin um I have fears yeah. about how he's managing at sure. this point, as sure. you can probably even imagine, yeah um. He came back to town. I've refused to see him or to help him. Um,
1: How has he contacted you?
0: Well, okay, so <laughs> I'm having a struggle between wanting to cut him off completely and this horrible, aching pain oh. of being a parent, yeah. which I know I've only been for four years. Still. But you imagine your child, homeless, Hungry. Um,
1: Sorry. No, I'm sorry.
0: Uh, You imagine your child just out there with no way to get in touch with you. So I turned his phone back on and I said, look, it's, I'm going to limit, you know, access and this and that, but you've got to um, figure out a way to get yourself help. So I did what I could um, and tried to be strong Mm -hmm. and be the stern, you know, cutting off and setting limits and, so he finally shows up at my house one night, which I'm not letting him in, and he ends up for two hours on the stoop crying and saying he has no place to go and please let him in and let him eat. And so I let him in that night to shower, and I tell him he could sleep on the sofa and eat. But the next morning I said, you have to leave with me, and I would like for you to let me take you back to rehab. Mm-hmm. If you go back to rehab and you stay for 90 days, I will let you come back home, and we'll work on getting back to normal or back to something, right? If you don't, then you're on your own. And I thought, okay, that gives him an option, because the last time he tried, I was sort of at a point where I wanted him to go to rehab, I wanted him to stay the 90 days, but when he asked if he could come home afterwards, my response was, "Well, we'll have to talk about that." Right, right. So I wanted him to, to at least have the hope. It didn't work. It didn't. He went to a friend's house and said he was going to go back to rehab himself the next day, which I knew he wasn't going to do. Um, then a couple of weeks ago, he finally uh, broke down again, and I think he knew that I was done because I stopped answering the phone. Mm-hmm. And he checked himself back into the detox center, which I thought was positive. Yeah. But after seventy-two hours, they let him out again, and they don't. They're very leery of his real desire to get help. Yeah. So they're not going to let him go back to Austin. The lady says, "Well, we'll give him a week. If he's ready to go back on Monday, the twenty-fifth, which would have been yesterday, then we'll take him back." So. Um,
1: and she's she communicated she this communicated with you, okay.
0: this with me um which was you know great because they wouldn't nobody else would say a word to me about the rest of it but yeah. um so i i brought him home i wanted him to have the opportunity to stay clean until then so that was on a thursday mm-hmm. he was we had a great thursday we had a great friday we had a wonderful saturday sunday was fathers day and we'd made plans to go to breakfast and see a movie and i got up sunday morning and he was gone Ugh. and so I've spoken to him since. I turned his phone off again. Mm -hmm. Well, he's destroyed the SIM card anyway because he discovered that on the family plan, I can see who he's called and who he hasn't. Yeah. Which, I was not keeping secret from him. I just, you know. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I, you know, he's decided that he's going to get help on his own. I don't believe it. You know, he's told me that he's in a safe and um, clean house that nobody is smoking or doing anything which i don't believe. Yeah. Yeah. At this point, you know, he he has a way he texts and calls through an app. Some sort of app on an iPad that somebody's letting him use. Okay. Um and he's leaving me messages and letting me know that he hopes we can have a relationship. He's really reaching out. He knows that he has not many other Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: people in his life anymore that eh. are constant, you know. Yeah. But I guess the reason that I wanted to bring all this up and then I would, you know, tell this long story now is that there's a did. lot of people out there dealing with this. And the realization that at the age of eighteen you have no resources as a parent yep. is something that I don't think people know. Yep. And then when we talk about mental health in this country mm-hmm. and, you know, the recent school shootings like we Absolutely. discussed before. Absolutely. You know, the problem is is that people don't realize that there are no laws right now on the books that keep a mentally ill person, really, from, keeping, from buying a gun legally. Yeah. Um, unless that person has been, has com- been committed to a hospital right. or committed a crime.
1: So, for example, and I'm not saying this is something that Blue would ever no, do, but, but if he did want to go buy a gun... He was on some sort of drugs or whatever, um, and decided this was gonna be something he was gonna do. There would be no, st- there would be nothing to stop him.
0: No. Correct, right? There's absolutely nothing to stop him right now. He actually would love to have a gun. He's asked for something like that. Mm-hmm. He's, he like, he's a very skittish kid that likes to have, you know, I found knives, kitchen knives, hidden underneath his pillow, his, you know, in his room. Yeah. Um, and I have another friend who I uh, work with, whose son is in a mental hospital right now, who thinks he's Napoleon. I mean, seriously. Wow. And he owns a gun, and she approached uh, the officers about seeing in uh, the hospital about what they can do about getting that gun confiscated. Yeah. And at the moment, there's nothing she can do. He purchased it legally.
1: Is insane. They can't take it from him. So there's He's thirty
0: seven no years old and they can't take his gun.
1: Retroactive Apparently no. If I just found out then I go into And then
0: you go insane. You're not supposed to own it, but you own it. You already you've already bought it. it. Yeah. You've it's heard. it's after the fact. Yep.
1: Yep. Right? Yeah. I mean I think a couple of those cases that we heard, right? Yes. Uh the the guy who was in the military, I'm not remembering, who later yes. on they said I <laughs> This is I, it's upsetting. a broken system. Yeah, it's a broken system.
0: Because you can't get your kid help. You can't. You can report it all you want to at school. This kid has got yeah. behavioral issues. Uh, you know what do they do? Yeah. What What are your options? And as a parent, what are your options? And so uh, you know all i all I've been able to do is ask friends' advice, and not everybody's gone through this. But you know, I've, a lot of stuff on the internet. You know, the as an adult, what do you you know as the child becomes an adult what do you do yeah you can set up your own boundaries you can try to get them to get help but most mentally ill people either don't realize they are or don't want to get the help or you know have you know they're scared of the help I don't know there's a lot of different things going on depending on the kid
1: and I think you know Stephanie and I have talked about this before, and and even when Nancy and I were talking to him a couple of weeks ago, and she was like, you know, you got to lay your hands off when it's, it's like, it's okay when you, when your kid is okay. Yeah. To say, you know what, you might be messing around and doing some yeah. things I don't approve of, but I'm not going to be up your butt because I know you well yeah. enough. And I feel yeah. like we were kids. Uh, we know yeah, that, of right? Course, right? Did bad things, but how you real but you would never say that about blue you never no. say i should just back up
0: no there's you, can't. you know and and he's had issues since he moved in but i did read an interesting article that talked about kids as teenagers and and you know how to tell the difference between just your normal moody teenager and the development of a mental issue and what did they say about it well it said that you really need to pay attention as the kids get to the, be an adult, and you need to pay attention if they're sleeping more than they should be, if their appetite's changing drastically, mm-hmm. you know, all of a sudden, if they, uh, you know, seem to be unhappy, if they alienate themselves from their friends, if, you know, that there are just all sorts of these things that as your kids become, a, you know, uh, get into those teenage years that you should be watching out for because you'll notice as an, a parent when your kid's, mood and attitude changes. And, you know, there's a difference between a moody day and a kid that's, you know, moody for a week. And yes. then all of a sudden it grows into something bigger. And, you know, that's when they said, don't be afraid to ask for help or to, you know, to talk to the doctor and to say, you know, is this just a moody teenager? I mean, it's, it certainly to me seems a safer option to be a tad bit more of a, you know, nosy parent at that point. Yes. No, and you know, and teenagers, they're going to need their privacy and you're going to have to step back. But I don't, you know, I mean, you my have, mother was yeah. never all up in our business, you know. Of course, no. I had a very different experience with my mother who was the sweet little thing that you would never want to hurt her feelings anyway. Yes. I talk back to that woman. <laughs> She's too sweet. You know.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's sort of frightening to think that you think you know your kid yeah. and then you really don't. No. I mean, because it sounds like from my perspective, you gave him chance after chance after chance after chance. Because probably somewhere what you said, I mean somewhere in your heart you're like, yeah. he's not a bad kid. He's just going through this shit.
0: Yeah. Um I also feel like it's interesting. One of the things that they said to uh, be aware of is, you know, um, unusual like, you know, increased like sexual activity. Um I don't this kid is very secretive. Right. I have a I have a fear that there's a lot more going on behind, you know, I mean, the other problem that we had, of course, is in this situation is that I'm a single person who would leave for work, you know, in the morning and come home at the end of an eight hour day. And, you know, this kid was at home a lot. Um, And he has access to social media and a phone and apps. And like I said, he met this couple on Grindr and he's obviously familiar with that. Yep. Which, you know, as a 46 year old gay man, I don't even feel comfortable going on <laughs> right. those apps. But, you know, I, I wonder. I wonder what else is going on with him. I feel like, you know, uh, he's a cute kid. Yeah. I think that he's learned that he doesn't have to do a lot of work to get the things he wants. And I have a feeling that's why he, or how rather, he's been surviving, which freaks me out as a parent, too, because yeah. did I push that further? I can't you know, imagine. I mean, I don't want to yeah. necessarily blame no. myself, but, you know, I'm sorry. You you know how yeah, it goes. You, don't you can't know how help to but, not but sit breathe. back yeah. and, and worry.
1: You have to blame yourself because you're yeah. like, who else do I blame? But, I mean, I mean, it sounds like he, you did everything, you know, you did so much.
0: I tried to do as much as I personally could. And I thought in this situation that, you know, even being a single person, that I was giving him the best that he could have the option to have other than to go back into a boy's home. And, you know, and I don't know. I mean, sometimes I think maybe that would have been the best option for him.
1: Because then he would have been under. It would have
0: been. But, I mean, would he come out in a worse shape because he didn't have any human, real human, you know, compassion in his life? I don't know. I I don't know. It's hard to say. I, I think that for people that might be going through this, You have to have your own support system, and I'm very lucky that I have the friends that I have, and that I have the work. You know, working where I work, they're so supportive.
1: Were they aware of a lot of this stuff going on? I've
0: been very upfront with my boss, my immediate supervisor, about what's going on, and, you know, he'll text me. And he'll call, and he'll check in, and I'll say, you know, I've had a really rough time. I just need some, I need the next afternoon, and he'll, you know, it's, it's not an issue. Right, right. Which, you know, I'm so thankful for. I mean, I'm so lucky there. And I have a few friends that, you know, that... I think me adopt you know bringing this kid into my life, trying to adopt him anyway, sort of freaked them out, and they backed away, yeah. <laughs> which has been weird. That's so this has actually caused you know even the situation has caused some friendships to go away. Right, right. Um, I'm okay with that at the moment, um, but I think people have to get their own help, whether it's friends, you know, therapy. I found a wonderful new therapist. Thank God, uh, and I'm I'm seeing him once a week, sometimes twice. Yeah. And I have to.
1: And it's helpful in terms of having these conversations and talking about yeah. your fears. I, can't, I mean, it's frightening to think yeah. that your kid is out there and, and...
0: Yeah, and that you don't know. You, you have no know. clue. You don't know what's going on. And without a phone, you know, he, yeah. I'm, I'm at the mercy of him checking in with me at the moment. But I'm trying to be okay. I'm, I'm trying to figure out what the next step is. Yeah. Um, as much as it would be easier to just cut him out and walk away, I can't. No. So, one of the things uh, from an ex um, online, I found an article where the lady said that she had, she had been the problem. She was the kid with, that was the problem. Okay. And that her parents said that what they tried to do was set very strict boundaries. They always kept in touch and checked in when they could. Mm-hmm. If they couldn't find her, they would find a way to get through a friend and check in because sometimes they didn't know where she was living or staying. And that they tried to just be there for when she realized she needed the help. Okay. And then they were there to help her. Now, I don't know that that's necessarily ever going to happen in all cases. Yeah. Maybe the person never realizes it. Yeah. Yeah. But at least, you know, that that gave me a little comfort to think that as long as I'm sort of figure out a way to be there in his life and to be there in case of a real emergency Mm -hmm. or whatever when he realizes what's going on, but we'll see, it's really hard you know it's i can't so even
1: hard. I cannot even imagine how hard it is
0: i'm I'm getting better. My doctor uh, pointed out he said that one of the problems is, is that when you deplete all of your personal resources, mm-hmm. you can't help anybody if you can't help yourself right and so I've taken that seriously, yeah I've started trying to do things to make myself healthier good, and um, hopefully, if I can do that then i'm a better friend to other people and hopefully better person to be there for blue. But yeah, that's hard. You know, it's hard.
1: It's hard to take care. I mean, from a parent perspective, it's always like, I should be second. I should be second.
0: Uh, That's the way I've always felt about it. Even before he came into my life, I thought I've always imagined a parent, uh, you know, like my mother who I'm sorry, you sacrifice. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, Maybe my mother sacrificed too much, growing up, I mm-hmm. think, back on that now, and yes, I you know, like at the moment, she's you know she doesn't have friends, and you know yeah, she's yeah. going through her own depression, but but you know, I, yeah, I can't even imagine not trying. Yeah,
1: no, I, I can't either. Um, I followed, so after my sister passed away, started looking up a ton of this stuff too. Yeah. Um, And I started following this woman's blog who her son, he was on heroin. So it was very different. Yeah. Um, And surely, you know, Steph knows a lot more about this than I do. But I mean, same thing. I mean, every post she would say, he's he's doing great. He's doing great. And then it would be like, oh, and then he left. It just takes one bad moment. Yeah.
0: It's, you know, doing great, you know. 20 times, one bad moment ends it all. Right? Yeah,
1: and I just kept, I mean, I couldn't stop reading it yeah. because I just wanted, I was, like, every time I crossed my fingers, like, every time I would get an alert, like, she posted something new, I'd be like, please, just let this kid, because you just want your yeah. kids to, you just want the best
0: for your kids. You want the best. Yeah. Um, I, You know, I hate the thought of having to try to prepare myself for the worst, but at the same time, I, you know, I'm worried about that. Yeah. I don't know how I will how I would handle that situation but you know I'm going to do one day at a time yeah, right now. Yeah. That's the thing. Yeah. That's, that's the all thing. You can do. That's Sometimes all you can do. Sometimes it's one hour. Yeah. or 5 minutes at a time. Yeah, but, yeah, um and I've had better days, you know, and worse days. I mean there are days where I can't get out of the car to go to work because I feel so I'm depressed about it. But yeah. things have gotten a little bit better in the last week or so uh, for me personally. So I'm trying to think of that. I'm trying to follow the, you know, I started meditating. I'll Which, I'm going to be honest with you, I've never done it before, but it really has helped me calm down.
1: That's awesome. I, I just read an article about how it's the new thing.
0: Well, it really, I, you know, I'm having anxiety attacks, and it really, when I do that, it's, you know, and I stop and do just a quick five-minute breathing meditation, mm-hmm. you know, it really has helped me. I mean, in little things. I started painting again.
1: Oh, nice. I,
0: Let me tell you, I almost brought you. I I do crafts now. What are you crafting? uh, um, Well, shadow boxes (gasps) and flowers and things. And yeah, I'm that gay. Start
1: an Etsy Girl, I'm telling
0: you. (laughs) I I kept thinking, I've got to get rid of some of this stuff because now it's just sitting in my house.
1: (laughs) Do it.
0: I'm going to have to do something. Yes. the gay man's god to grief. We'll call it, and that'll be my Etsy oh, page.
1: Hello, <laughs> you just won. That's I'm, I'm awesome. sort of scared of your,
0: you know, holiday gifts now. <laughs> Wait for the birthday. <laughs>
1: no, I think it's great. I think it's great. You just gotta just do stuff that makes you happy. And, yeah. um, and I'm so glad that you came on and and shared this story because I c- yeah. I'm sure it's hard. Well, to talk I wanted. About. I
0: just. I, I really. I'm desperate to. If anybody. You know, certainly reaches out and wants to talk about. You know, they are having these issues. We we gotta make people aware that mental illness is a real illness. It's not nothing to shy away from. No. We've got to start talking about it. We've got to get help for it. Um, and obviously, in this country, and we got to stop just talking. It has to be. Exactly. We got to make the laws different. We've got to get people out there to help people. You know,
1: every time we ha- this something happens mm-hmm. again with a shooting and. We blame it on, or blame, I don't, know, I don't know if it's the right word, but attribute it to mental illness. Yeah. I, I feel like, fine, if that's what you want, you don't want to ban guns, we're, we're not having that fight yeah, then. Yeah, then let's
0: get serious, about, let's the get serious yeah. about the yeah. mental
1: illness. let's mental illness do <laughs> freaking something about let's that. Let's do it. Yeah. Let's, you know,
0: uh, yeah, I mean, they've got to, because clearly we're just talking about it for how many years now? Yes. And nothing has changed.
1: In this country we are I mean, now we're gonna go down yeah. the hole. Like we are getting miserable yeah. and more miserable and exactly suicides and uh,
0: We'll have to talk about that and uh, on our next episode. On our next <laughs> episode. We
1: need it we need some uplifting. Exactly. <laughs> we need something uplifting. But um oh I love you. I I'm, love you I'm Sharon. glad you're here and um I want to see some freaking shadow boxes. Oh
0: well, you'll you'll see plenty. <laughs> I'm already identifying places where we can put them around oh, the house. Oh please.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for coming on the show. And yeah, if you if you have had situations like this and you're listening and you're or you have questions for Dennis, I'm sure he'd be happy to weigh in on some of this stuff cuz you've got a lot. I mean, you've got teens, yeah. you've got Foster, you've got drugs, you've got mental illness you've Let's got, talk, I'll tell yeah. you
0: what I know And we can support each other yeah. How's that? that
1: sounds good, good. Alright, thanks for being on the show Thank you You can follow Hands Off Parents On Twitter At Hands Off Parents Or you can always send us an email At Hands Parents at gmail.com Or if you look on Facebook If you're into that thing You can find us there as well Hands Off Parents is Steph Um, and Abby. uh, Um, mail camp.